number three. I am Dame Dr. Foxy Brown. I am joined by Ed the Crimson. Yeah, that's who, right, I'm here. Who now gets top billing because reasons. I'm uh, also... Okay. Uh, I don't hate you. Not entirely. <laughs> not fucking <laughs> said so. Not entirely. This guy updated on my tweet. It's like, because fuck that guy. I didn't say I, I hated like, you. What though. is going on? Oh, no, you yeah, yeah. You gotta let like, her love you. That's all. Yeah. I just like I got that tweet last night and I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" I don't, I, I don't, I don't care. Like I were was. You, were you drunk at the time that you got it, or? Yeah, because I was at a friend's well, house. Of course, it's party. gonna. Of course, it's gonna be confusing because you're not reading yeah, the whole timeline. Like, no, I wasn't. <laughs> yeah. So I had to like go back and read it, like while I was drunk. And I was just like going through my phone and like we were playing. We're in the midst of playing Cards Against Humanity. So uh-huh. we're doing that, and then I'm going through Twitter, and I'm just, like, laughing, and people are like, what are you laughing about? And I'm like, oh, you know, emotions and feelings. <laughs> like, uh-huh. seems like everybody just had a breakdown of emotions last yeah, night. Yeah, because we yeah. were playing emotions against humanity. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were losing. Yeah. Was it was like, let's reminiscence about life uh-huh. and get really philosophical here. There, like, certain things happened last night that will remind you that life is really fucking short yeah yes so emotions happen i think through last night into today probably into tomorrow not for me though i think i'm done mm. emotions wise <laughs> <laughs> I, I, <am. laughs> I cannot i cannot even fathom what you guys went through but i could see people still being upset for days to come until like the next big thing happens, which is almost inevitable. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I mean, isn't it still going on right now? I mean, like the the protests and stuff mm-hmm. at the police department because the police um, press conference was ten o'clock this morning, St. Louis oh, time. If you're not aware, basically, what amounts to two people got murdered last night. Um, one of the deaths was caught entirely on video, which is that was just I don't know. Um, Wait, are you talking about the guy running into Tony? He didn't run into him. He running did. into Tony. <laughs> he he put Tony through so much emotional stress for no reason, just because he got clipped. He ran towards him. Yeah, to yell at speed. him, and then he you stopped. Don't. And he stopped moving. He then continued running at him. He stopped moving, and then he got hit by the car, was pulled underneath the car, and thrown. And, like, from the moment his body hits the ground, it's just, like... If he survived, that would have been a miracle, because he looked very, at the least, unconscious. At the most, he looked dead immediately. Um, And then you also had another young man who was what amounts to executed. Um, by the police in Ferguson, Missouri. So it's like those two, they didn't happen back to back. One happened in the the police officer involved murder happened in the afternoon. And then um, the car accident happened at night. But it just, 
I learned about both of those things within hours of each other, and then it's just like people sharing photos and video and everything, and just it's really crazy. So we're here to talk about Hunter Hunter. Yes, there we go. Uh, But isn't that about emotions too? It's about preventing you from feeling emotion for anybody (laughs) anymore. (laughs) Because I'm watching, I'm watching people that I forget are into anime because like. Their tweets are usually about things that are so much more serious. They're usually uh, covering a lot of uh, about racism and sexism and, and other mm-hmm. isms. And then you get like they're tweeting about the Chimera Ant arc, and you're like, "Oh right!" When you don't tweet about Dragon Age, you also tweet about other anime. So that's cool. And like she basically was like, "How dare this cartoon make me feel feelings?" <laughs> <laughs> and I hate the whole world for it. And I'm like, that's exactly how you're supposed to feel. Yes. Welcome. Oh, yeah, I followed her recently. It's like, welcome to the club. Because of you retweeting me. Yeah. Yep. We're all in the middle of... We're all in this together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Trying to get our feelings sorted out. Yes. Luckily, Diego started talking before I had to read this Jugum foolishness. So I'm not going to do that anymore. No, no, you have to. No, it's too late. I already, de- to. I already decided <laughs> I wasn't going to. It's, it's already over. It's... You interrupted it by speaking I out of turn. You spoke out of turn, sir. Okay. How? This is your you fault. Said, I introduced. I introduced. Building, and I said, "Well, that's because you fucking hate me." I introduced Ed. You jumped into the conversation. Had you waited your turn, you would have gotten your full introduction. Because I'm supposed- you. Ignore the fact that you called me out like that. I didn't call you out. I said he gets top billing. That's not calling you out. That's now I've now readjusted the hierarchy because I can do that. (laughs) Because y'all let me control the show and do the introductions. It don't have to be like this. But when I start the recording, nobody wants to talk. So this is what happens. (laughs) This is what this is why I would hate if women ruled the world. No, this is why this is why you would love it because you wouldn't have to do anything. Like, no, no. The but women take, would. The women would show. My introduction. Do anything, so. The women would show up, do the work, tell you what to do. You'd do it for like five minutes, and then go back to whatever it is you're supposed to be doing. Then a woman would come along and do the work properly. Everything would be fine. You would probably be relegated to like the basement or whatever. We wouldn't acknowledge you until such a time as you were needed, which. Knowing you would be rarely. Because, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I don't know. We might evaluate your genes. You know, tall enough. So it's essentially just for physical aspects, not for intellectual? Come on, there are, there are a lot. Of, we can find intellectual nourishment in many other places. Other than you personally, Diego. Okay. Now, I feel that way. Sometimes doesn't mean other women will feel that way. They may be they like you might be right on an intellectual level. You may be intellectual superior. They may come to you to lay at your feet and hear your wisdom. I don't know. I don't want. I don't want that. I imagine there's like a fireplace in this basement. I just I can't. Where Diego just sits in a chair. Just sitting there like, it's story time, children. Tell story time to mentally disabled people. <laughs> wow. 
See, I was setting up for women with normal intelligence. I don't know why you went with mentally disabled. See, oh. Ed is insulting you more than I am. Yeah, I, know, that's what I, I was just like, this dude. He, this dude is an engineer. He went. He went to a relatively good school. I assume he's a smart guy. That's where I was going with that. Well, now that, that women is, rule the I, world, now mind. he's a caretaker for the mentally disabled. Okay, that's how. That's how things shake up sometimes. <laughs> you trying to explain that away? <laughs> I'll buy it. Sure, why not? Yeah, we we're rearranging his position in the world, just like how yeah. dudes do us. Like you went to school to be a doctor, but screw that, you could be a janitress. So yeah. I I guess Diego went to school to be an so engineer, but screw that, he's yeah. he's taking he's working at a, a home for the mentally disabled. Whatever. That, that's the future. Yep. So. Yeah. We have to discuss episode 141 (laughs) of Hunter Hunter called Magician and Butler. And we also have to talk about chapter 349 of um, this manga Mm because words are failing me now at this point. Yeah. He wants to take over for you because obviously you were having problems dealing with your emotions from last night. So Yeah, I I would love for the dude who didn't watch the episode to take over for me. That would be wonderful. Yeah. Okay. So the episode is called uh, Something and Butler. Magician. Yeah. And it starts out after Leorio punches Jin in the face. Yeah. Yeah. I follow. And then I follow. We go to Killua and his family and Killua acting like a little bitch because he feels like he's the only one who gets Aluka. Yeah. Although, I will say this. He is the only one who wants to treat her like she's a human being. He's the right? only one at the house that wants to treat her like a human being. Yes. The, the only one lucky man. enough to not travel with a band of murderers yeah. to accomplish such a goal. The, the one that He's not the one that thinks that by um, embedding among these mercenaries and killers that he's somehow going to locate Alaka and rescue Alaka. Yes, he, he has the privilege of knowing where Alaka was located all this time and not telling this other person. What are they going to tell? <laughs> like, this yeah, I, I'm Vince are not going to, they're not going to tell him ever, anything because yeah. I guess they know that he would side with Alaka mm-hmm. and I'm also assuming that he's young enough to where he never witnessed Like, Kato's going to, like, lose an eye and an arm <laughs> is just going to come back, like just like rugged and gruff and just like hating life and we're like oh yeah uh Killua like like freed Alaka years ago <laughs> <laughs> and then like Kato's just gonna murder everyone <laughs> they would deserve that fate at this point because this um I don't remember if I had reread Kalato's part shortly before this so it just stood out to me that he he mentioned the, the fact that there there was this other sibling that left the family, and like that was that was all the information we had about Alaka before this arc started. So we all thought, I guess, that Alaka had run away at some point because he seemed fairly distant in pictures. You know, mm-hmm. didn't seem like cared about the family. And then you find out that no, Alaka was like a super being from some other world dimension, planet, and had ridiculous, phenomenal cosmic power and very little control over it. 
Mm-hmm. So Alaka was locked away, and I guess they. I I don't feel like they lied to him. I just feel like they never told him anything. Yeah. It's just like the. He, he just never thought that his parents would be the ones. Like the rest, the rest of the family was old enough to know what happened, and I think they just didn't log in their brains that okay, this child was a baby when all of this happened. So we probably need to tell him something or he's just going to jump to conclusions and something really weird is going to happen. Because he, I think he saw it as, okay, Alaka left the family. Killua is pretty much doing the same thing. So if an assignment pops up where I get to leave, I could use that opportunity to try and find Alaka. Meanwhile, Alaka was in your house and everybody knew. Except you. And meanwhile, this dickhole over here is declaring to Alaka, hey, if I'm the only person that loves you in the whole world, because basically um, father has said that you must not think of that thing as family. Illumi says on the phone when he calls, hey, you know, when we're on our intermissions, which is basically when we're doing our own thing, and sometimes it requires that we take action against one another. It's usually a conflict. We're not allowed to kill family. And that family part sinks in and Kilwar realizes that Illumi also doesn't think of Alaka's family. So now he feels offended because he sees this monster as his little sister, uh, which in her non-Nanika moments, normal-seeming kid, happy and friendly and whatever. Yes, yes. Watching what I assume are cat videos on the internet and also reading some weird story. It's easy... Yeah, it's easy to care about this kid just looking at her. But mm-hmm. then you remember that also capable of murder on a very large scale without any actual thought into it. Mm-hmm. So it, it's basically like Alka is a force of nature in a human form. Can't be controlled, can't be tamed. But there are measures you can take to protect yourself from it being enacted on you. Which yes. is what the family is still trying to understand. They're still trying to figure out the rules. Meanwhile, because this 13-year-old boy, which is one of the things that pissed me off, obviously, because you can tell my tone is starting to change. Mm-hmm. This 13-year-old boy has decided that this family of assassins doesn't have Alika's best interest in, at heart, which is true. He showed us the family chart. I see there are lines, there are words in Japanese. There's there's a heart between Alika and Killua, which indicates that in Alika... In Alaka's opinion, in Killua's opinion, he's the only person that cares about Alaka. Fine, you're mm-hmm. 13, you're entitled to that stupid opinion. <laughs> Probably true. Especially if the theory is correct that um, Alaka was not expelled from Kikyo's vagina or mm-hmm. sliced from her stomach. We can decide that, okay, fine, it's possible them not being Alaka's real parents, um, the rest of your family not actually being related to Alaka. They probably don't care. They don't care about the butler's lives at all. In any Certainly way, shape, not. Form. So I can see that, that as people who murder other people for a living going back centuries, that they wouldn't care about a child that's not their own. Especially if said child was also some monster. Alright? However, my issue with it is that Killua's is not looking at this big picture. Um, Aluka has great potential if Killua was not around, to kill thousands, possibly millions of people, uh, depending on the wish that's made of Alaka. So I could get why to protect the family, which clearly Killua doesn't care about. 
Um, no, not at all. He mentioned when he was on the blimp with Natero and gone that he wants to kill his whole family. Then he tried to shrug it off as a joke. Mm-hmm. But it it frequently seems like, yeah, okay, these people tortured you, and I understand that you may you may harbor some resentment, and that's fair. But he also clearly wants to kill his family, threatened to kill his mother, knowing full fucking well that she could have been killed. Um, even yep. though, like, I want to be so much angrier at his character than I uh, that I am. Because everyone, his family reacts the wrong way. She wants to kill. He wants to kill his mother. His mother's like, "Oh, you've grown so much." Faints into a, a puddle of wet underwear. Uh huh. He runs away when um, Illumi and Hisoka show up, and instead of being like, "Oh, this is so annoying. I need to punch this kid," Subone is like, "Oh, this kid has grown up so much. It brought a tear to my eye. I haven't cried in centuries." But yet, like, his, his maturation process is making me so happy for him. And I'm like, this dude is making your life harder, making your job more difficult. And mm-hmm. he's opening up the possibility that, not that he could get killed, but that you can get killed. Because now, Hisoka's confronting Goto in the forest. Goto is like, Amane and Canary, y'all dip out and go find Killua because I got this. And in my head, I'm like, son, you ain't got shit. Okay, mm-hmm. let's let's not forget who Hisoka is, the people that he's murdered, the um, the stuffed um, plushies that he has of his foes in his mind castle. Like, come on, this dude is. You're not gonna survive this. The no. narrator, Hisoka, is like, I'm not even telling you my name because what's the point of telling my name to someone who's about to die? Like, Goto is cautioning him for explaining his power. And he basically says, it doesn't matter that I've told you what my power is. You're not going to survive to tell anybody else. And, like, this guy had a family. He had friends. He had a fan base that liked him. And, like, in this episode, we know he's going to die. Yep. Like, like, Hisoka just hit the taunt button, like, three times. And, like, yeah. Goto. Like, sorry, Goto. Meanwhile, Killua, in his his whole, my dad trusts me, so my dad sends Subone and Amane to protect me and possibly pull me out of here. And he's like, and Canary and Goto are on my side. And I'm like, you're getting these people killed. Yep. For your own selfish reasons. I mean, sure, your brother is a dickbag for trying to, to murder Aliko while under your protection. But that whole fit he threw uh, when... Amane says that our job is to protect you. Well, protect the family or whatever. And he's mm-hmm. like, if your job doesn't include taking Alaka home safely also, then... You're also my enemy. Screw you. I'm, I don't mind if you die. And I'm just... Being an adult here. Amane and Simone aren't going to go out of their way to save Alaka's life. Even though they still refer to Alaka as master. Mm-hmm. However, Alaka's still a valuable tool to the family, so probably they don't want Alaka to die. No. Good. Another thing, I, aside from my anger at Killua, because that's going to continue until the end of this arc, another thing I really liked uh, was the fact that there's there's very little background music in this episode. Um, 
you predominantly notice when it, it flares up because it's the same oh my god you're so evil music when Hisoka asks pretending as though it was an innocent question since you told Killua um, about murder basically is it okay if I kill him because you said family can't kill the dude but I'm not family and when he asked that question like Illumi flips out loses control of his emotions his face turns like green puzzle and he says like if you basically if you think about it I'll I'll murder you right now and he's exuding his aura to the whole area Killua of course feels it and gets a head start and Illumi asks him if he did it on purpose and he's like no I just I just wanted to see but here he realizes that he doesn't want Alaka to die obviously before Alaka's had the opportunity to heal gone so that's why he gave him a head start because the more people he can fight in life and we assume kill after fighting the better he's going to feel about himself another another thing that I didn't notice until this episode is that Peon has bunny teeth yeah yeah she does it's not important in any way I just think it's adorable yeah, it really is, you know, because we barely see her talk in the first place, really. Yeah. So when we actually do see her, it's like, ah, that's what she did to become more bunny-like. Yeah. So, um, you got anything else that you want to talk about specifically from the episode, Ed? Because I think that pretty much... Um, uh, I love how, even in the manga, uh, when I first read this, I thought, man, when this, like becomes in the anime this is gonna be like suddenly turned into like an action movie <laughs> and that's exactly how they treated it and i was just like yes you just see everything in slow motion going around and oh man it's great yeah and like uh i forget what is the uh the driver's name again canary canary there we go yeah, like Canary. I did not know Canary had such driving skills. Yeah, she went. She could drive up mountains. She went fast and furious. Yes, right there. Mm-hmm. She she she's must no Vin been... Diesel though. No, I mean she's not jumping across a highway onto a tank and whatnot. That's not happening. Yes. No, no, he jumped across the highway into a car to save the love of his life, who was already dead. So yes, who came back <laughs> yes. from the dead. Mm-hmm. But she wasn't dead. So the movie we were said. Just let to believe to believe that she. I'm was sorry. Dead. So mo- movie six said that she wasn't really dead, and then movie seven, whatever, five, and then the next one confirmed it. We're on seven. Mm-hmm. So yes. Um. As soon as you started singing, I started remembering. I li- I like the the imagery that we get at the end of the episode, um, where Hisoka is flipping the coins around. Um, on his bungee gum. I like that Goto's loading the coins between his fingers. Sounds like you're putting bullets in a chamber. Yes. Um, I liked that Illumi charging his Nen into his needles. Looks like he's holding lollipops and he's about to lick them. I like all of that. Yes. I feel like those are very nice visual touches. I don't know if the last one was on purpose. But I love that right after like Goto loads his bullets figuratively cocks his handguns. Um, Isoka then says, like, he can fire his coins faster than bullets. So, and the preview, it looks really action-filled. 
yes, we're we're gonna get probably the full fight of Goto versus uh, Hisoka. Hisoka. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's sad. Yeah. Poor Goto. Yeah, this this arc is is definitely time for Hisoka to shine again. I also like. Um, we have not acknowledged it yet, but at the beginning of the episode, they ran through all sixteen uh, hunters that are cleared to the next round of the vote. I remember that Paraston is one, Cheetah is two, Liora is three, and Jin is sixteen. Yep. The various member of the Zodiacs fall in between. I think Botaba is four. Um, Sacho is also on there. Um, Ms. Eistom is there. Biscuit is on the list. Uh, someone who's a cutification hunter is there. The old woman who belongs to Toriko is there. Um, the hacker dude. And like seven other people. Yeah. And I think also Mirau's in there. Yes. He's like 10 or something like that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, at least uh, these people have like a set amount of people they can vote for now. Yeah. Because they got, I think, 97%? Yes. Roughly 97% showing up. So. That's cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to find the actual list, but it's like, nah, you don't need this. What, that you don't need the everything? Yep. Oh. Fourth election, I think. Yeah. Something like that. Sounds, sounds right okay. from my recollection of the manga. So- the proper list is Paraston, Cheeto, Leorio, Botabai, Mizaistom, Ikshonpei, who is the hacker, Teraiden, who I've forgotten who he is, Moral, Sacho, Biscuit, Sandbika, and Lean. Um, Sandbika, I think, is the one. Okay, who? Yeah, she's the one who's a nurse doctor and says, don't yes. vote for me, which oh. everyone thinks is adorable and votes for her anyway. Bushidora, ambitious, is the one who dresses like M. Bison. Yes, he is the red and white M. Bison. Lupe Highland is Lupe Fiasco. And then, of course, Cutie Beauty and Jin at 16. So, after 661 total candidates, 642 voted, 19 absentees, 97.1% pass rates, on to round 5. That's supposed to cut it in half again. But this is where we're going to start to see the events around the election itself more or less change direction uh, moving forward. And also, Hisoka and Illumi and Killua all doing their thing in the middle there. Yes, uh, that's the, the official B-plot. Yeah, there is a lot to look forward to. Yeah, there's just so much ridiculousness that, yeah. I'm sure there's plenty of things I even forgot about. And I'll get reminded. 
Yeah, I mean, like watching for the first time again. It it definitely is a lot like knowing for the first time because there was a lot of stuff we've talked about it before. But the way the art looked at the time, you tend to like just gloss over the fact that there's so many words and the art is terrible. A lot of people aren't necessarily trying to read in depth. Mm -hmm. So you have this anime now to reintroduce you to everything you already should have known so it allows for that second enjoyment plus it helps a lot that it's being done by people who know what they're doing yeah who seem to like appreciate yep. uh, the manga so yeah I mean, unlike, they have the, unlike that like, movie that I saw I can't <laughs> remember the animation director he mentioned that you know he's been the one who's been putting up sketches on twitter towards yep. the end of the uh, Chimera and Dark He's really, he's really been a fan of the manga, and you could tell based on his dedication for the craft. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh, we had an email. Oh, did we? Oh. Sure. Yeah, and I think it doesn't really cover the manga stuff, so we could take care of that now. All right. Yeah, actually, oops. It's from Sen. It's mostly about Hisoka. It's like wall of text. <laughs> this is what I. This is what I think Hisoka should be doing. Oh, this sounds like it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, unfortunately, there's like no new paragraphs. Unfortunately. Yeah, they don't. They didn't make any new paragraphs. So. Oh. Did we read? I, we didn't read the other email either. This was. So I guess we could read that one first since it's short and it's about a previous episode. So this one is from MJ. When you all were discussing who is most likely to be Gon's mom in episode 97, you didn't even mention the wildest theory that people have come up with. Basically, a significant portion of the fandom believed that Gon was created by Jin using the pregnancy stone from Greed Allen on himself since it allows even males to become pregnant. Then they link to the stone. Maybe he drew the shortest straw when the time came to test the cards out or something like that. I enjoy this theory because of how ridiculous yet plausible it is, and I was wondering what you guys thought of it. That's... There's a reason why I don't go on forums anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So, but um, that's cool. No, I guess that makes... I could see it. First of all, I hate that this is a thing. Um, Why? No, I just... Well, it says this card... Okay, so here's what it says. The summary of the card. This card summons a stone weighing seven pounds each. Carrying one of these stones for a whole month will get you pregnant, regardless of user's gender. The player can decide the sex of the baby by using either the male stone or the female stone. If you put this stone down at any moment, the counter will start again. I can see how this can solve people's problems. Like, say, if a couple was infertile or whatever, and that's why it was made. But it seems like a really weird thing to include in the game because it doesn't have any impact on the playing of the game itself. It's just like... But the game itself... Yeah, I remember the game itself had a lot of different... No, I mean, I know you could... an S10 card, too. This was an S10 card. If If you're sterile and you won the game... You could obviously you could take that card into the real world and right. actually become pregnant. 
So, I mean, in that respect, it's a cool thing. But, I mean, like, when you look at the people that we know who helped to make this game, it's just like, why would any of you do this? Well, one of them, I I could see Razor being conscious about, like, kids and babies. Possibly. Like, he's like, hey, um, I had a friend who wanted a kid, but you can't have kids, so let's do this. Make it a trophy people would want. Yeah. I mean, assuming they'd heard about it, because who would even use this card? Uh, um, Again, what you said. No, but I mean, it doesn't seem like many people would have found it, because again, it's already a rare card. Very few people were were close to finishing the game, so I don't know. Is the game done, or does it? Does the game end when somebody wins? Yeah. Once someone wins, the game's over. So the game's over. So So I'm guessing nobody got it. Uh, no. Do you think you can get pregnant with this card in the game and then bring the baby back with you? I'm Maybe. Not sure, because it's it's possible that the baby would just be like an NPC and mm-hmm. disappear. Well, it'd be like a over. Nen baby, right? It yeah. Would be like a Possibly, nen, yeah. And the Nen, and the nen would dis- <laughs> dissipate once everything happened. Dude, can you imagine how many fucking people's lives gone ruined by finishing the game? Yeah, because, I mean... People who are living here, kind of like a, a Alice Sword Art Online, where they're just chilling there. Because they were and, like, they a have lot their of own lives. who couldn't win, and then they were in debt, basically, to the, the those who put them in the game. Yeah. So right. they just, like, gave up and were like, let me just live a normal life here in Green Island. And, yeah, you were that for a lot of people. Yeah. People just come back. <laughs> you just have like debt and other shit to the ceiling. Yep. So we have the email from Sen. Yes. Which I realized last episode I was an idiot. Because <laughs> okay. I think I was reading someone's last name rather than some kind of screen name because I don't know how to internet. Right. Yeah. So my apologies. Well, okay. I guess so, I'll read it. So yeah, I was like, I thought I thought he was gonna read it. Oh yeah, yeah I thought so too. I mean, That's sure, why I was I'll like... read it. Like I, I wasn't okay. Uh, hey, HXH podcast crew, drop me X. It is he. He's at like before we changed our name. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, I'm currently up to podcast... Oh, okay, okay. Up to podcast episode 36. My apologies. And following the anime on Netflix. Oh, right. That's a thing, guys. Yeah, it's on Netflix now. Yeah. And I think we got a tweet regarding it, too. We so sure we'll did. talk about that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's like up to episode 100? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so go watch that, guys. Okay. So following the anime on Netflix from there, but I'm current with the manga... In a previous episode, I remember HXH talking about how many strong people were floor masters and that the ultimate goal was Battle Olympia. While listening to episode 35 or 36, you guys were talking a lot about Hisoka's motivations and lovable assholery, and it got me thinking. If all Hisoka wants to do is fight and kill strong people, then shouldn't he stay in Heaven's Arena, challenge a floor master, and enter Battle Olympia? I can only think of two reasons why he doesn't do that, and that is 
that Battle Olympia is just full of scrubs that would be too boring to fight. Or the opposite, that Battle Olympia is full of super strong people, and Ahsoka knows he wouldn't be able to beat everyone in Battle Olympia, and is training for it. That's why he is looking for people to fight so he can get stronger. The caliber of person I'm thinking of that fights in Battle Olympia would be like Jing. And that would explain why he has all that money and fame and also why no one knows his net ability because he just copies whoever comes to challenge and uses that until he gets another ability and then kills that person so no one finds out where he is. Jing is my favorite character in the manga and I have a theory on he and Carollo uh, that they might have a possible connection but this is already getting too long. Man, the things you talk about when laid in bed with an injury and are presented with something new to analyze. Thanks. And I'm enjoying the podcast so far. If you ever want to... Talk, I assume. Talk about this subject or recommend anything else to get into, that would be cool. Get back at me. Yes, I was thinking of getting into the One Piece manga, but that's like 800 chapters... So I sought out Fox's opinion, since she seems to be a little more harsh when it comes to critiquing manga and anime. Listening to some of her opinions on the One Piece from the newly discovered SSA podcast, and it seems that she loved the series at first, but grew indifferent towards it later on. Just wondering if I should invest time into the series, because 800-something chapters is a lot in two months. Wait, why are you limiting yourself to two months? Is he has a foot, a leg injury? He has an injury, so he's right. But why up. does he need to? Yeah, but why does he need to stop reading? I don't. I mean, because I don't know. Maybe don't he has a job. He's okay, He's sure. not. He's not working while injured, and well, he'll I think probably be working. Injured. I think is on bed rest. So mm. he's like, while I have all of this free time, what are things I can invest it in? Okay, well, to, first of all, thanks for writing us. Um, we appreciate you going back and listening to our past episodes. Kind of hard to remember. Right. Well, I mean, some people do. I, I, did, I think we had another guy say that he just started as well. I don't know if that's the guy who just emailed us, but um, it's cool to know that people are coming in and like, oh, hey, going back to the beginning and checking it out. Oh, yeah. First off, to answer your question regarding the Heavens Arena thing, um, I think the fight between um, Hizoka and, God, I can't remember the guy's name. Castro? Yeah, Castro. That was a good representation of the sort of, like, floor master, because Castro was a floor master, and the sort of comparison that Hizoka made, and as you saw, Castro got pretty much annihilated. Yeah, like Hisoka was just playing with him the whole time. Yeah, so I don't think necessarily that Hisoka being plus I don't Hisoka's not the type of guy who just sits around and waits for people to come and fight him. He goes and find and tries to find people. He's not same thing with Jin. Jin, Jin wouldn't be the type of person who just lay like stay there and just enjoy the money and the lifestyle. They want to go out there and either adventure or adventure and kill. Yeah, because, I mean, like, uh, we already know, even now in the anime, as obviously as well as the manga, know that Jing is an archaeological hunter. So, I'm pretty right. sure he's more interested in ruins and the like than fighting. Yep. 
Exactly. So it's it's kind of the point where Jin probably just had all that he has all of that money because of the things that he did. Yeah, because of all the all the people he's helped out and everything. It's like, you know, you get compensated as a hunter. Plus all these people, they it's always been told that as a hunter you have unlimited amounts of money just to borrow, yeah. Yeah. At least. So you have unlimited amounts of money to borrow as always and um the people he was dealing with were not hunters. I don't even think Beyond is a hunter either. That's right? possible. So That's they wouldn't have access to so they don't have access to all any of this money. Um so I'm trying to remember what else he asked about. Oh, that's pretty much it. He also mentioned yeah. that he thinks there's a connection between Jin and Oh, Krolo. Jin, yeah, Jin and Krolo. Yeah. I would actually be interested to listen to hear what he has to say about that. Yeah, so That'd write be- in about that with your next week. Yeah. We'll, we'll um, probably have to email him back because if you're on episode 36, it's going to be. Oh, a- yeah, yeah, you're not uh, going to know at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a while. Before <laughs> But yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I true. think it's a, it's an interesting possible conclusion. Um, Jin has traveled the entire world, so he's probably met a whole bunch of people, and he could have met Krolo and influenced Krolo to create his ability, or vice versa. So, as to your last point about One Piece, like what I would say, don't listen to Foxy. What, don't listen to Foxy. Foxy is a shady, or is a jaded. Yeah. First of okay. all. Forget Diego's opinion. What I will say is <laughs> that uh, One Piece varies for people. I've seen people pick it up, pick it up, hate it, drop it, never read it again. I've seen people pick it up and they still love it to this day, up to current chapter. And I've also seen people like me who picked it up, uh, loved it initially, read it for a long time, and just accumulation of small issues that piled into one huge issue, dropped it, never went back. So it it depends on you, basically. I think that the writing is still of relative quality. Um but if you expect the the writing will not be anywhere near Hunter Hunter's quality. So if that's a deal breaker for you, it's a deal breaker. It's it's very good for its genre. Um it if you judge it outside of its genre, it's not as good. But it's an enjoyable read. Is that satisfactory, Diego? Yeah, is that... I'm not gonna I can't say anything anymore. Good. So we're gonna take a break. If you want if you wanna email us <laughs> <laughs> the email is hxhpodcast at gmail dot com. If you wanna catch us on Twitter or Facebook, you can find us on both places at hxhpodcast. And if you want to find the website, it's droppingthex.com. We're going to be back after a quick break where we'll talk about Chapter 349 of the manga. So spoilers abound. Oh, yeah. So chapter 349 is called Poisoning, and this chapter deals with the succession for 
the country of Kakin as well as continuing. I hate that they waited until the end of the chapter to throw in, oh yeah, we accused this dude of being a spy. We should probably talk about this. Mm-hmm. No, no, we're going to be talking about different things now. Yeah. So we have this, this short gentleman. I'm going to call him Kakin Beans. So... <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Kakin Beans is explaining to who I'm going to call Prince Nick. He's explaining that to... sounds so wrong. Like, what, it's like, like, it sounds like yeah. pork and beans, but cock. Yeah. It's like cock and beans. I'm a horrible child. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> cock and beans is explaining to Prince Nick about the qualification of the sons for succession. Um, and it's basically you have to board the black whale, which is the ship that's headed to the outside world, and participate in the entire ceremony. So Prince Nick is asking, you know, how many of the princes are going to participate? And he says, unfortunately, I can't tell you anything about that until the ceremony is about to start. But if any of the candidates are found dead before uh, the succession ceremony begins, the whole thing will be called off. And we get this up-close look at this portrait, uh, which I assume, probably logically, is a continuation of the fact that after he murdered the young lady... I think was that, two young ladies, but that yeah. was there. There was an artist of... that looked like he was tattooing, mm-hmm. but I don't know what he's actually doing. But it, it looks kind of like what could be going. And it's also like cards on one of the legs. Yeah, well, it yeah. looks like cards. Yeah, so that's interesting. But I can't. Yeah. So the, the battle for succession is basically held off until the ship sounds its horn as it leaves port and then after that he's like you can do whatever you want to survive and the person that survives to the end is the one that's going to be the next king of Kakin. so he brings out this jar with a face on it it's like if those terms are satisfactory put a drop of your blood into the pot and then stick your hand in and we get to see pictures of some uh, of prince benjamin with Which their... is the lion killer. Yep. Yeah. And this person... He's the first prince. He has the same mother as Nick. Which is important to note, I guess. It's probably why he gave him the courtesy of a call. Uh, second prince, Camilla, whose mother is Drosil. Third prince, Chirai, whose mother is Tochere. Yeah, and... He looks to be like a monk of some sort. Cock and Beans, or narrator, probably narrator, continues yeah. that from his eight legal wives, King of Kakin fathered 14 children. So publicly, the wives aren't ranked. So, and in order to make sure that the gender of his children doesn't have any bearing on whether or not they're able to succeed their father, they're all called prince, regardless of whether they're male, female, other. So, and they're, the numbers that they're given um, aren't any hierarchical numbers. Those are the, their birth order. Mm-hmm. I love that, like, the that's the current king, right? Yep. Yeah. I like how he's giving this expression, like, hey, what you gonna do? Like, <laughs> like somebody just asks, like, why you have eight wives and 14 children, and he just has, like, this smile of, like, hey, man, you know? It happens. It's like, I am the king. I, like, pussy is overflowing to me. So That's how this goes. We get Prince Nick, who's the fourth prince. His mother's name is Umo. He's sitting in front of these. Um, the That's red how you're eyes. calling. That's why you're saying his name. Yeah, I'm calling him Nick. 
Like, yeah. <laughs> literally in his name. Uh, no, yeah. I know, but it's just funny that because you're just like, I give up saying his full name. We yeah. just got to call him Nick. Yeah. Until his name Zariantic. gets... Until his name gets pronounced, he's Nick. Young um, Dracula. Yeah, yeah, whatever. He's got um, body parts all around him. Looks like a couple torsos with heads attached. You got a head, which, hey, why not? It's probably a Karuda head. Um, yes, that's what I was thinking him. too. It's probably you know, homeboy's friend. Why not? I wouldn't be pyro. Yeah, pyro, pyro, pyro. I don't think so because pyro died at the hands of the of the of the phantom troop. Yeah, so why would they not? It was in the movie. No, I but, mean, but yeah. why would they not? Oh, yeah, I don't know. That's true. Just eyes. So the fifth. But I'm prince... loving. I'm loving his seat, though. It is. Yeah, it is it's, badass. It's pretty bomb. Yeah, has like built-in spoons or whatever the fuck it's that is. <laughs> yeah. I, think that's, yeah. I, think, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe those are like Maybe those are blood troughs. Yeah, I think maybe because it's made out of like it's basically made out of goddamn fucking skeletons. Uh huh. Yep. But so yeah, this, it's pretty this guy boss. is pretty evil. So and then you get like generic nerd. Yeah, the Zubep fifth is the fifth prince. The fifth Mother's prince, which is the yeah. same as Camilla. Yeah. yeah. And then the sixth, uh, sixth prince is Tyson, whose mother is Catrano. The seventh prince is Lazorus, whose mother is Drozil, same as Camilla. I like how they have, like, similar... Like, you get kids with the same parents have, like, drama- dramatically different names yes. from, like, different countries. And dramatically different features. It's like, yeah. yeah, they all have the same father, who's very Chinese, a Chinese stereotypical, probably hurtful parody thing, and then like, yeah. go in between Camilla, Sue, Beppa, Seventh Prince Lasaurus, and Ninth Prince Harkinberg. Some of those names are Italianish. Then Lasaurus is probably French inspired, and then Harkinberg sounds like pretty German. German, yeah. Jew. I was gonna say. Well, I mean, like, it's interesting, though, because it's like you have you have the freaking wrestler guy who kills lions because yep. why not? Yep. Then you have this. I don't know what the they just show her the second one, Camilla, just yep. being herself. Yeah. Then you have like a guy who is kind of like a monk. Right. The the, the and the, who, the who looks like he's altered himself to look like that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then you have crazy psychopath. Nick at sit at fourth. Then you have a scientist, a pothead, because <laughs> he's getting high. That's what I'm saying here. Yes, he's, uh, he's clearly smoking something. Yeah, then his entire this... room is smoking. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> like all of his appliances are also smoking. He is, really he is hot boxing the shit out of himself. <laughs> yeah, uh, Tyson is. I, I'm assuming those are bodyguards in the background, and he's walking towards the whale, so they're not really showing what he she does because. Again, Tagashi. Yeah, it's hard to tell. Uh, yeah. Uh, the eighth prince is Sarasare. Yeah, Sarasare looks like yeah. he, he got that. Um, the woman got that haircut team. in West Gorto. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so his mom is Swinko Swinko? Yeah. I'm assuming that means he's so, Asian. Fully. Well, because yeah. what? Because of the repetition of the name? 
And also that he looks more Asian. Oh, I was going to say, I was was like, this makes it sound like his mom's a stripper or something. No, but the the Swinko Swinko and his name being Sare Sare reminds me of, this is a horrible example, but um, in Gintama, the shoguns have repeating names. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Nobunobu and Shige Shige and all Mm. the other ones. So, yeah. Maybe. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, he's got got the ladies. Yeah. Uh, Then we have... Um, the girl in the back left kind of looks like Paku a little bit. Yeah, she, she's got that nose. Yeah. Um, the ninth prince, as you guys mentioned, Harkenberg, he's like a businessman slash lawyer. Because he's shown, like, reading a book. <laughs> I know, right? He's a, he's a lawyer because yeah. he's a nerd. <laughs> well, I never said he was a nerd. He's I a... just said he looks like he's an alarm. Look at that. Like, that's the background that you get those commercials. Like, how yeah, yeah. Like, when he yet? walks in the room, you... <laughs> When he walks in the room, you hear like the Law and Order dun dun. He's got yeah. he's got <laughs> binders full of women on the shelf behind him, and I'm sure like he closes like when the camera pans in on him, he closes his book. He's like, "Hello, I didn't see you there." Um, yeah. I, <laughs> have you recently <laughs> suffered a slip and fall at your work? Yeah. Or do you like, know anybody? How, how my magnificent hair and my amazing like sideburns help you out. <laughs> so. And we get to the younger kids. Called some my law firm sideburns and sideburns. <laughs> <laughs> Attorney at law. Yeah. Uh, then we get the tenth friends, which is Kachuo. Her mother is Seiko, uh, and she seems to be like an art gallery or a jewelry um, salesperson. Yeah, or enthusiast something. Uh, she's probably shopping. Then we have the 11th priest, Fugetsu, who has the same mother as Kacho, mother as Seiko. Mm-hmm. Uh, she seems to be like a florist. A horticulturist, yes. Yeah. I was going to say um, botanist, but yeah, that too. I feel like saying horticulturist. Okay. Not because, it's way cooler. Any, not because it's any more accurate. I just felt like saying the word. It just sounds way cooler. Yeah, so it's cool. I'm not blaming you. Twelfth Prince is Mimose, whose mother is Sivanchi, and uh, is she quilting? She is definitely making some sort of garment, yes. Okay. You can't tell if it's quilting because well, I mean, the back is like that slapped on top of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but the background, that thing on the, on the, on the wall, that's got to be one of the things she's working on. I think it's a tapestry? So. Why not? Yeah, sure. Uh, then they got the third prince, is Ma- Mariam. Ma- Mariam. The 13th Prince, yes. Yeah, who is watching hamsters. He's like a little kid. For some reason, the cage just has an opening there, or he was just... That's just to show his face. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then the last Prince is... uh, Wobble. Wobble, who's just a baby, and the mother is Oito, and they show a picture of her. I love the mother's face, because it's like... Why would you motherfuckers put him in this succession? He's clearly a fucking baby. Yeah. Like, couldn't this so wait like 10 a... years? No. No, he's going to be in this fucking contest. Yeah. Like, I mean, like... Kakin Beans explains the contest a little bit more. So it's theoretically possible that he could participate and not get murdered immediately. But at the same time, it's like, why is there such a huge drop off? Between um, Harkenberg and Kacho. It seems like Harkenberg is maybe 23, 24, like he's graduated college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Kacho is probably 14. Like, 
those that's like 10 or 11 years when you were not banging women you could have totally like made up your 14 and ended it with the last child being 10 yeah sadly though you have to remember that as a man you don't really hit your virtuous man seed abilities until like your late 50s it's when you really start to be able to have sex with more women so okay, I, don't, I don't believe yeah. any part of that but okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but like <laughs> sorry i just i was not expecting that answer <laughs> so it continues with really it was it was a made-up statistic without but... prince nick putting his blood in the pot and then it seems to be happy yeah. And so Kakin like he, he has to insert the the hand he puts the blood and then he inserts his hand into the pot into the mouth. Yeah. But before he does he asks like it's not going to eat my hand, right? And he's like no. Just for- and the most fucked up thing happens because I honestly had no fucking clue. He puts the hand in the mouth and then smoke emanates from the top of the base. And out comes this little fairy looking thing. With some sort of gummy bell or something, like a cough drop. I'm gonna call it a cough drop. She pops well, it, out. It, it's, it's like it's very squishes. gummy. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely gummy. Mouth. It's squishy. Who says he can't it. have chewable cough drops? Nobody says that. Gummy cough Nobody. drops. Yeah, nope. kids have coughs. Okay, kids don't like liquid medicine because it tastes horrible. Oh, no, but so you give them candy. It's it's cough drops are hard. Or so, not gummy. So she sticks it in his mouth, and he's like, what? And then she disappears back into the pot. And he's like, what's happening here? Are we done? And he's licking his finger because it was bleeding. And dude says, yes, everything's fine. So he asks, what's up with that? Was it a ritual? He's like, yeah, that's a ceremony that's been passed down through generation after generation of the royal family. And it's a test, basically, to prove the lineage um, in your blood. So to prove that you're his son. And it also is believed that in praying for the throne, it's believed that it will give you special powers. And then we switch to his father uh, explaining. And he says that the ancient texts tell us that the, the pot was created as an embodiment of the first king's poisoning. And the battle for succession is tied to an ancient tradition with the pot hoy. This is the children are being granted power from the pot, even though they don't know they are. And it says it brings forth a sacred beast to protect them. And clearly, Hoy is just like his racist thing, he says thing the, at the end. Yeah. The sacred guardian beast, the guardian sacred beast is modeled after them, and a frail and weak vessel has no chance of becoming king. And then you see his monster thing, which is a vagina head, <laughs> a bunch of. No, no, it's, it's, it's with a penis coming out of it. Yeah. No, that just looks like, like a huge nipple. What, the. Uh... Out of the vagina? Yeah, out of the the vagina, yeah. Okay. And then some insect arm legs. Mm -hmm. But with monkey hands on the ends of it. Yes. So, the guardian sacred... Enormous ears, too. The guardian sacred beast is a divine beast born from the strong prayers for one's offspring's prosperity. It haunts those with a strong affinity for the dead and feeds on the aura of those it haunts and the people... And those people have influence on its form and ability, but it's not created by their body, so it it's not bound by their will. So it has its own mind. Mm-hmm. So we switch back to Beyond, who is eating dinner, because of course he is. Eating his prison dinner. His chicken katsu. 
So Mizai Storm is in the room with him, and he's telling him that uh, August 8th is when they're going to leave, which is another cool thing because this is another important event in the Hunter x Hunter universe that happens in August, which is like, we hardly ever get what time of year it is. So this is a a full, like, head nod that it's been a year since the events of Yorkshin. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in 35 more days is when they're going to depart. And dude's like, okay, whatever, I'm eating. So Mazai Storm says that King Hui Goro has also requested you appear at the celebration the night before the departure and has directly asked V5 for this. So I'm sure, he says, I'm sure it would be awful at such a historical event for the benefactor to be missing. So he says, tell me who's on your side in the Zodiacs. If you do, I'll give you permission to join. So Beyond the Tarot is like, okay, two things you clearly don't get. One, I don't know anything about the spy. And two, I don't know anything about the ceremony. It's like, in my mind, after a month of eating and sleeping here in your wonderful facilities, and after two months of he's getting on a boat, and after two months, he's going to arrive at the new country. On a boat. On a boat. Until then, he's going to behave in front of the king, but he doesn't care about any of that. What's important to him is what happens after they get off the boat. He said, they've been requesting bothersome festivals of me and to the world I'm a legend that's going to guide their way into the new world. But when I think of Kakin, who prizes honor, puts pressure on V5, and all of you, he calls them dogs, will bring me out to the festival anyway, and you'll probably buy your heads down to me. So... Kurapika is obviously watching this videotape of Miss Eistom interview, mm-hmm. and he says that he's not lying. He really doesn't know anything about Sayu. So most likely, they both come to the conclusion that Pariston is the ringleader and Sayu is his spy. And their plan is to rescue Beyond from their captivity. But they basically come to the conclusion that they don't need to bother with Sayu. They don't need to let him know that they know that he's a spy. And that pretty much they're not going to attempt to rescue him before they get on the Dark Continent. So, because they're trying to get everything out of Kakin, um, including the pressure on the V5 and whatnot, they're not going to risk themselves and make an attempt to rescue him before that. So, basically, not, neither of them are going to move against him, and he asks if they have countermeasures just in case. And he says he hasn't done anything but look at the tapes, and he asks if Sayu reveals his own ability. So, in a surprise to absolutely nobody, Sayu's power is a variation on see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. Yep. The three monkeys that attack the opponent, and when they hit, they have the ability to take away sight, hearing, and speech. Um... And he says that he didn't really want to tell anybody because someone may be an enemy you dick. So this is when an ordinary person suddenly loses three senses it becomes impossible for them to use or maintain their abilities. said what makes it interesting that it seems like it would have the least effect on an enhancer but once the panic sets in you can read all of their actions from their aura. And he says after rendering them helpless he uses his priest staff to beat the hell out of them and that's his style. And he says if the information leaks out you better prepare yourselves. So Kurapika says that he sounds like he's telling the truth and he's relieved that he doesn't have to lie. So he's not lying about his ability and he says he's also the person on Parasol's side. And he says the rest of the group is tense 
and they want to trust those they want to trust the people around them but revealing their abilities to the conspirator has them in doubt so those emotions all wrapped up together are causing um, a weird influence on the movements of their bodies so he said they're all displaying um the reaction of innocent person so it's possible that sayu is the only uh spy says the enemy doesn't know that they know that he's the spy so they can use it to their advantage and record his phone calls and monitor surveillance footage and try and secure evidence of him so again they reaffirm that they're going to leave him be and since they know his powers they can make predictions for what kind of escape plan they're going to use and he says that choosing to escape after arriving at the destination is the easiest plan and Kurupika says um, there's an incredibly high risk of the plan going off there so they should attempt to restrain Sayu right before they arrive but he continues that if they restrain him too early then the enemy will be able to switch plans and there's a high probability that they'll carry out their plan immediately following the festival on the new continent so there's a map drawn to make it easy for us of when they need to capture him Right before they get to the fake Dark Continent. Yes. So I'm just a, like a little <laughs> showed on the on the map just a tad bit before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they they're continuing to say that the best part is to get some evidence before they arrest him, so we could give him reason, uh, so that we could give the other zodiacs a reason other than I use my dowsing on him and he seems like he was lying. Mm-hmm. So Ms. Eisenstein says, okay, now what's the situation if we don't find any evidence? And uh, he basically says that if there's no evidence, then we have to tell him that I, I doused. And he's like, yeah, they're not going to take that as the fact. So I'll lose my position. Mm-hmm. And he's like, because you use a newcomer and did whatever you wanted. He's like, yeah, that. But also, while I was talking about resolve and dedication, I was secretly behind their backs looking for the criminal. So basically for being a hypocrite. Yeah. And a lot of them won't be able to stand for that. It's like they want results, but they also, I guess, are about how those results are obtained. And there are, but there are also those who only care about um, the means and don't care about the results. So what could eventually happen is that the whole foundation of what they're trying to do in the dark continent gets shaken up and they have to um, re-plan for it. And he says by revealing their powers to each other, it feels like their bonds have been strengthened, but when they find out that we were lying to them, I don't think they're going to take it very well. So they both leave the room. Um, and Ms. Eistom is coming, um, Cheeto's coming to talk to Ms. Eistom, and Kurapika gets a phone call from somebody. Shady. Mm-hmm. And they're asking if he's, he's seen the Kakin government site, and he's like, no. And they report that the princes are recruiting bodyguards, and their job is to protect the prince and remove any dangerous elements. And uh, um, Cheadle switches to Cheadle and his eyes thumb. Cheadle's saying it's going to be a problem. It says the hunter applicants that they basically had caught in lies and rejected from the exam are going to get on board the ship anyway as bodyguards. So Kurapika asked shady person, 
do you know which princes made the request? And he says, yeah, they're competing with what they're offering for compensation. So they're constantly outbidding each other for the potential bodyguards. And all in total, there are six princes. Um, six requests that have come in. Yes. So does that that means essentially that not all fourteen princes are going are going to be going on this trip, right? Essentially, or that sorry that not all not all fourteen princesses want it as bad as other people do, right? Like not. But all- also, there are special uh, things because remember the first prince he has his own army, so he's not gonna he would right, not right. be requesting bodyguards. Yeah, so. exactly. Several of them in in that previous exchange between Nick and Benjamin, they talked about how one of the princes values his guards so much that he didn't send them to take the hunter exam because he didn't want anybody else to touch them. Mm-hmm. So you you have some of them, I think, that will be relying on the people they've already gathered, and then the others are probably like, look, Benjamin's army is <clears throat> stronger than mine, so I need to be out looking for the best possible mercenaries I can find. Because, again, this is a situation where there are 14 of you, and 13 are supposed to die. So, everybody's doing what they can to ensure that they're not the one to die. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the the mother is, like, trying to get bodyguards for the baby. Of course. Like, I would would hire the... I would hire all the spiders. I would hire... Half of the zodiacs, if I could. Mm-hmm. You know, this is this is my only child. He's yeah. a baby. Yeah, he's been thrusted into this fucking battle of succession for the throne. He didn't ask for any of this. Like he probably would have been content just being a prince his whole life. Mm-hmm. And here you are trying to kill all of them off. Yep. So. So that there goes chapter three forty nine. Um, theories, things you want to acknowledge. What you got? Uh, well, for one, again, I'm not. I'm not even sure how you can look at the beginning arcs and be like, "This is where we're gonna end up." <laughs> yeah, this fucking shit, man. Yeah, I mean, this is great, but like, I imagine like twelve, thirteen year old me would hate this. Yeah, that's why it's weird. Like, I, there's no, it's all a, it's essentially just all drama. Yep. It's, it's all sane and all the time now. Yeah, it's, there's no, I mean, clearly Gone has been taken out of the picture. So we're just essentially looking at mind games. Yeah. And, fuck, I enjoy this. Like, incredibly. Yes, like, I see, like, all the text, and... Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually, like... like, I have to read through all this, but, like, no, no, I'm enjoying reading it, though. It's not not tedious. Yes. Like, if this shit was on, like, a... Um... Like, if this shit was... uh, If it had this much text for, let's say, like, a bleach, I'd be like, nope. Yeah, because that's that's not a... That would never happen. Bleach has, (laughs) like, a sixteenth of the text in this chapter. On any given <laughs> chapter. And to just talk about the text and the drama and the build-up, Ms. Eistom said that there's 35 days before mm-hmm. anything happens. So unless uh, there's... Obvi- I think at some point there will be a, a fast-forward. But unless, like, 
people are doing some kung fu treachery before they even get on board the boat. It's very likely that there isn't going to be much action for the next few months. No. Unless, like, we start getting, in the next few chapters, hints at who these potential bodyguards are. And the Zodiacs are like, no, we can't let this happen. And they go trying to kill the people before they get on board the boat. Which seems like half of them would be like, yeah, that's cool. Because we don't want um, anything untoward to happen on the boat. And the other half would probably be like, murder is bad. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's going to yeah. be interesting how that's handled. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely will be. Because we have this whole uh, battle for secession of the throne um, uh, with the princes of Kakin. Then we also have the Zodiacs versus uh, Beyond the Tarot and his Zodiacs. Yep. Which, you know, hasn't even, like, really started. <laughs> it's all preparation and mind games and positioning. and uh, It's great. But, uh, yeah, so we have that, and then I guess, I'm guessing it's not really going to be a full plot, but they did show Gon going how uh, he's, uh, he does not have Nen anymore, and he'll have to retrain all the way from, uh, from the beginning. Yep. So maybe they'll go back to him at some points, you know, but... With the way that Tagashi has been doing stuff, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't hear from him for the rest of this arc. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. I wouldn't be surprised if it goes, like, two or three years before we see Gon again. And then when he shows up, we're like, who's this guy? Like, especially if there's a, a time jump after this stuff. Or maybe time in the outside world travels faster than time in the inside world. Whatever gimmick could possibly be used. Yeah. But, but another thing in terms of the time that's going to pass, like Beyond the Terror also says they're going to be on this boat for two months before yeah. they get to the new continent. So we're going to have a sizable amount of time that's just covering the succession ceremony and the ensuing battle between the 14 princes. And of course, uh, I guess K- Kurapika is invested in having Prince Nick stay alive so he could get at these eyes, especially since he he pretty much still hasn't reached the point where he's ready to kill. Right. Right. Because he told Ms. Eyestorm at the beginning that he was able to get the eyes without killing people. Yeah, from several other people, collectors. It's like, usually once I start threatening them, they give up the eyes without any further trouble, and he's confident that he's going to be able to get the same from Nick. Now, while Nick may turn out to be like a knives kind of person, where as soon as he feels physical pain, he suddenly rethinks his whole entire worldview. Yes. As well as he may be a sadomasochist, and just inflicting pain on him and threatening to kill him doesn't mean anything. No. So we'll see if uh, Kurapika gets driven to his 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 moralistic endgame. Yes. And the the conflict with Nick ends up changing him as a character. Yeah, so we have, like... Man, so many more plot lines, like, threads this time. Yeah, on top of the ones that he still hasn't really gone back to, though. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
But we never know. All of those plot threads may converge on this boat. This is true. Because wait, all of them? I mean, because one thing with what comes to my mind all the time, because it's usually what I'm thinking about. But Gyro, Gyro wants to right. Be, that's what I was talking about. He wants to be a king, right? Mm-hmm. I am sure he could figure out a way uh, to be king of uh, Kakin by killing off all the sons and the father. And the only problem he would have is that the the succession tube thing. Um, he'd have to be a relative for that to work. But yeah. he's a chimera ant, so possibly he doesn't need a, a guardian beast. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, and again, this is the, the big world event that everyone's aware of. There are all sorts of treasures in the outside world. Pretty much everybody who's anybody who's any sort of ambition should be going there. Yeah, which yeah, is true, but, I mean, you're going to have to be able to, A, pass the hunter exam and not be lying to go. Do you think if they showed up in Kurapika as part of the Zodiacs now, then he's going to let that shit go? Honestly, no I'm I'm not sure, because, like, yeah, there's, like, no way. Like, he's going to say something. Like, unless one of the other Zodiacs says, yeah, chill out. Like, yeah. Well, I'm, we're okay with them going. Like, that's not, he's not going to, because he's, not to mention, he all, he is also a newbie. So he right, doesn't really exactly. have pull. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I don't. Again, back to that whole entire like plot line. I don't. I don't know how that would happen, and then he would be okay with it. You know. Like that is the. He clearly still wants to kill them. Even though they may have no beef with Gon and, and Kurapika, or sorry, of Killua, mm-hmm. like they said. But with Killua, or sorry, they have no beef with Gon and Killua, but with, Kur- with, with Kurapika, that's a completely different story. Yes. Yeah. They, they definitely want to kill him. I don't think he wants to kill them so much as I think in his mind he's already punished them. Yes. Because he separated uh, Kro- them from Krolo. He believes that there's no way to put them back together again because of the end he put on him. Right, but he doesn't know that. Well, no, he does know, right? If he if they the told they told him off. that they're that they were looking for a end remover, and he's just like, well, if they use one, I'll be able to feel it. Yeah, yeah. And he hasn't mentioned it since he resurfaced, mm-hmm. so I don't know if it's just like that's not as pressing an issue, or maybe they haven't removed it yet. Or maybe right. there he has to do kind of like a huge preparation to be able to take that nen off them. Yeah, maybe it's it's gonna take some time. So if as in the case of the dude from Greed Island, which is the guy they're they're gonna use, maybe while he's still carrying the the Nen beast around, uh Kurpika can't sense that it's left Krolo. Yes. Until the dude touches him or whatever he has to do and it disappears. So that'll be interesting to see, assuming it happens on this this trip, uh, especially since it should. I can't think of any other time when it would be relevant. Yeah. So, again, and even if the spiders are just like, hey, what's up, guy? Remember that time we were fighting and then we weren't and then you killed that girl that we like? And our friend, Uvogin. Remember that? (laughs) The thing that we killed literally thousands of people for? Yeah. Yeah, we're not... We're not over that. 
just so you know. And of course, I, I'm an advocate of the spider showing up, A, because I love them, and B, because Kalito. So. Yes. I I hope that everybody who's... Everybody shows up, except... I me. hope Kalito still doesn't know what happened I with want... Alaka, and he's like, maybe Alaka's is the new world. I also want his cell phone to be broken, and his family, like, uh-huh. never emailed him, never called him about anything. Mm-hmm. They forgot they had this other child. And yes. if they forgot, they put him undercover. Yes. And then, like, he runs into Illumi, and Illumi is like, wait, you look familiar. Oh, my God, you're that one kid that my mother had. Right. Hey, what's up? And he just, yeah. like, gives him the What were you player. up to? <laughs> it's like, I remember that time we put you in the spiders as a joke. Yeah. Because, awesome. <laughs> like, Cause why? we were like, go find, go find your sister or your brother or whatever. Like, why would we need you to spy on them? What are they doing? They don't They don't topple governments. They don't compete with us for contracts. They don't do anything. It's that It's that untold story but between the two of them. That's what it is. Yeah. Just, I need you to double check and make sure um, I was okay while I was going undercover as Ahsoka. But that took like five minutes. I don't know why you stayed there. Yeah. Oh, we didn't give you the special code to let you know you should come back. I'm so sorry. My phone broke. Yeah. I got a new phone. I lost all my contacts. Yeah, I didn't put them in the cloud. I'm sorry, man. (laughs) She come home, though. Bomb kind of misses you, I guess, because Killer was not around anymore. He was kind of like, screw all of you guys. You know, we're not a family anymore. It was all horrible. It's too bad you missed that. Yeah. That's what I want to happen. Just like yes. tell them like I didn't know you were a thing. And then Kalito just loses his mind. It turns out that he had more potential than his brother all along and he just kills everyone. <laughs> Soldic family line done. The poor great grandfather just didn't see anything coming. He's just like he was in Killua's closet putting on his clothes since he's never coming back. <laughs> just gets, he's like yeah shit more for me just get shanked in the middle of all of that mm-hmm. yep yeah I guess do we have anything else no uh, oh. yeah well no we had to talk about the 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 twitter thing right what twitter thing oh about the guy Netflix? sent in a thing about a twitter yeah about Netflix which we didn't really get to talk about uh, after that email that you guys were talking that came in. But um, now that it's on Netflix, someone wanted to know if it's essentially like it got picked up by a studio or if it's just like it is for Crunchyroll. It's essentially what it is for Crunchyroll because there's no there's no watermarks on the episodes. Um, you know how normally when there's when they put episodes on there, there's like a watermark or there's like a studio attached to it or something. Yeah. It just it just essentially is put in put in to Netflix, which is cool though that there's that people have access that more people can actually watch it now. But mm-hmm. um, as far as what the actual thing is for getting a English release, there's no word on that. People were expecting something either at this year's con um, cons schedule like maybe someone saying they picked it up but that hasn't happened yet so i figured it would be by yesterday you know 
if yeah. something was going to be announced at Otakon. I feel like they're just playing a long con with us, and there's like there's either a situation where the TV channel doesn't want to sell it to anybody, or the prices they're demanding is so ridiculous and over the top that it's just not going to happen. Because it's like three, almost three solid years ago when they told us that someone else had already bought it, yet we've heard no announcement since then. Mm-hmm. So yeah. unless there was a deal and the deal fell apart and that like soured everyone um, in Japan on trying to sell it, it's it's been nothing. Yeah. And I don't think we have any specific knowledge, so... No, I mean... Again, going back to what you talked about, going and asking these people, they're like, yeah, we don't have the rights. And I think they were talking about the streaming rights, not mm-hmm. the actual licensing for DVD release or Maybe. like a dub. Which doesn't make any sense because everyone was asking about DVD licensing and dubbing. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I just... It, it's, it's a weird... Because every other series known to man has gotten picked up already. Yep. It's true. Even the ones with the rape. Even the ones with the rape. Especially the ones with the rape. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think those sell the most. Yeah. Who doesn't want that in their anime? You would think there would be less people that want it, but no. No. Apparently everybody wants it. So, thanks again for listening. Our website is droppingthex.com. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at HXH Podcast. And you can email us at HXHpodcast at gmail.com. I know that's a really weird and messed up note to end on. (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering how that happened, but you know what? But my my shirt is like soaked through with sweat. So I'm pretty much at the level where I can't tolerate much more. So... We will see you guys next week. Enjoy your week if you can. Um, send us emails. Send us your comments on Twitter and Facebook. And try to stay alive until the next episode. Right. Until then. That's, that's dark. Hope you wake up tomorrow morning. <laughs> it, it would suck if you don't. Especially if we don't know who you are. <laughs> and you like, you like die as a nameless listener. Yeah. It's, a yeah. weird, it's a weird statistic to not have access to. But yeah, you're alive. If you die, we'll miss you. Yeah, someone will. Someone will miss you. That we can be sure of. So, how about that Hunter Hunter, man? It's a good show. Yeah, great show. (laughs) I still have to be preaching to people to watch it because they're all. But it's almost 200 episodes. I'm like, what is wrong with you? If you would have fucking started from the beginning, like I I know, I'm always like, (laughs) you know, if you start today, there'll be less episodes for you to watch tomorrow. Yeah. And eventually you'll get caught up and it's one episode a week after that. Yep. Alright. I should I mean I don't have to tell anybody listening to this to watch the show, but Yeah. That's how I feel. It's ridiculous. Yep. It's It starts out as a great kid show, guys. Yeah, and, and then it's, it's just fishing. something else entirely. Adventure. Romance. 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 Yeah, there's romance. There's a romance like, with a B, right? Because... Well, yeah, sure. I was talking more along, like, like that. Like of the Three Kingdoms? Yeah, I think no, you or... mean, like, of romantic stories? That, <laughs> no, that I was, I was to, talking... Like, a... 
a specific period in time and culture. I was talking about the forbidden romance. <laughs> oh. What of of the Ahsoka kind? <laughs> of the of the, well, sure that one, but I was talking about more of the family kind, the incestual kind. Oh, <laughs> oh right, that thing. It's, it's, it says a lot about all of us that it took like four guesses to get to that point. Yep. <laughs> well, like what? Where? Where Diego is, and then where we are. <laughs> <laughs> that's that should be just the end. That's how this goes. So you're welcome, everyone. Yeah. We'll see you guys next week.